and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty. On this week's show, we'll hear from Antrim's Ashley McFarland after the Saffron County booked their place in the junior football semi-final. Russ Commons, Jenny Higgins on their win over Wexford. And Louise Curley from Monaghan talks about the Fernie County's win over Tipperary. We also hear from Camogie stars Michelle Tehan from Kilkenny and Waterford's Beth Carton. This season, it's all about more player voices. I'm joined by Sports Talk's Tom Brown. Tom, our hot topic this evening is about officiating and some inconsistencies. And we'll start with, obviously, the Tipperary against Monaghan game last Friday night. And so many people have said it to me and even people that wouldn't be really watching ladies football just happened to sit down and watch the game. Ashley Maloney clearly won the ball at the end of the match. Um, a chance to level matters, a free against her. You know, I think we're still wondering why it was given it was just a baffling decision and you know Tipperary were furious about it and rightly so yeah rightly so um it was a baffling decision it was clearly not a foul there is a little bit of inconsistencies within the referees obviously we watch a lot of games d over the weekends and it's something that i have experienced as as a manager of coaching ladies football teams and that and it is actually a frustration that managers have especially wondering what way to tackle the whole no contact rule like um, like you can see clearly in some games, there's a lot of contact allowed. And then in other games, it's just literally you breathe on them and uh, it's, a, it's a foul. Now, I can understand the shoulder to shoulder one, because if you have a 28 or 29 or 39 year old player shouldering full full on on a say 16, 17 year old girl, oh. I can understand that. Ashley Maloney's clearly won the ball, clearly battled away. And it's, it's actually a technique of winning the ball the way she won the ball and then to be blown up. And I feel just that there is something that if the ladies football need to work on amongst themselves, you know yourself, the, they're not going to come out with their reporters or anything like that. They're not going to slag off themselves, which is understandable. If they want to grow the audience that they're getting in on those Friday Night Lights games or in other games, they're going to have to tackle that issue and get clear to find rules and get the referees to be straight down the line like obviously referees make mistakes left right and center that's part and parcel of the game and nobody has a problem with that but when you're seeing a simple free like that given and then you're 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 looking at another game and you're you're seeing a nice little passage of play and all of a sudden it's pulled back and sometimes i feel the referees are just blowing it and then making up their mind what they're actually giving the free for yeah to say that to error is human but some of the decisions as we said are baffling We'll go on to the field of play and we'll go to the results from the weekend. And in the All-Ireland, in the All-Ireland Junior Championship in round three, in Group A, Carlo 2-10, Fermanagh 3-9. And then in Group B, Derry 1-7, Antrim 2-11. So that means that Fermanagh and Antrim are through to the semi-finals, and uh, Wicklow and Limerick are the other two semi-finalists. So after the Antrim-Derry game, I caught up with Antrim's Ashton McFarland. The big prize at the end of today's game was a place in the semi-final and um, the third quarter of the game was when Antrim turned on the style. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, it's taken us a while to get back into the swing of playing together again after the break with clubs and stuff. So I think it kind of, the last game took us a while to click, but I think that quarter and, you know, everyone kind of finding their position and finding their feet again, kind of, that was where we were able to just push on and... I think the fitness today proved for us as well. I think we were ready for it and up for it and really wanted to win. I think at junior level, form goes out of the way, especially up in Ulster, because, you know, teams are evenly matched and you have that little bit of rivalry as well. So on any given day, you know, you could beat Derry, Derry could beat you, or Fermanagh could beat yourselves. So they're, they're, they're the type of games you'll always get. Yeah, I think, you know, the last couple of years, most of our games have been either against Derry or Fermanagh. Yeah. Last year, I think we ended up playing Fermanagh three or four times. So it is, you know, you're you, basically you know the players by name, and it's it does become a rivalry. And you know, a lot of the girls would go to uni together, or you know, would know each other from outside of football situation as well. So it's there's always kind of that rivalry about it. Um, so I suppose it does it brings a different element to the game. Like yeah, last year, you know, you so near and yet so far for yourselves. You got to the Division Four final and were beaten, and then you were beaten by. Loud, and that was when Sersha got injured as well in the All Ireland semi final. 
were you hoping maybe at the start of the year when everything was normal that you know you were going to try and get back to a Division 4 final and then obviously retain Ulster and then go on yeah I think you know we were kind of the start of the year we were missing a good few with injury both Sears and Maeve McCarty who'd be two big players for us out with knee injuries so I think you know the league didn't start the way we wanted it to but I think you know Covid and everything actually gave us time to regroup and a lot of girls have actually come back out and the training you know we're getting 25-26 girls out of training every week whereas previous years you know we've been kind of the numbers haven't been as good and you know the trainings haven't been as good but I have to say you know with the girls being up for it and being out in training it really has you know week in week out we don't know who's going to be starting because there is such a push for positions and such a push for um, the opportunity to get on and give you know give it your go so I think that's been one thing that's really benefited us actually this year has been COVID Bring oh, back right again. It's funny that a lot of managers that I've been talking to about the men's game and uh, ladies' football, and they've said the same, that I think having that break of football, having no football, people kind of appreciate, you know that old saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone, and I think people appreciated football and what it meant to them, and it was great just to get back kicking football. Yeah, absolutely, and I think, you know, with the lockdown at the minute, you know, football is literally the only thing people have to cling on to, and, you know, you're coming home from work and you've nothing else nothing to be asked so I think you know it has motivated a lot of girls to kind of you know pick up the commitment pick up the accountability and get back out and get to training uh, which has been great for us I suppose when it was announced that you could go back and play football I'd say you were probably just mad to get out there were you? Oh absolutely and you know like we had a I think all of the Antrim girls really there's four or five clubs that were still in Ulster uh, between like, girls who were playing different divisions and whatever you know they were straight until the very end with Ulster and still have games come January time uh, with the club so you know we, everyone was at a good level of fitness so when we were able to actually just keep training it was brilliant just in terms of you know we were at a certain level and being able to keep at that level and keep pushing on uh, it actually has stayed us in really good position just sort of fitness wise and you know keeping the touch going and keeping out and active I suppose For yourselves up there and I remember talking to um Hunter about things in Tyrone were you kind of wondering what was going to happen because unfortunately um, you're under a different jurisdiction with lockdown and everything so were you thinking you know are we going to be allowed to play football or was that something on your mind? Yeah I suppose you know I think it's different obviously being um, a country in the north or a county in the north yeah. uh, obviously with we do have completely different restrictions and different rules and you know we were actually able to get out training before the south were um, for club so we had that we I think it was two or three weeks maybe earlier that we were able to get started but we're all moving up north now yeah yeah so th- like whenever whenever they brought the restrictions back in you know it was kind of it was the other she was on the other foot and it was mm. like oh we're not allowed to do that and you know what can we do and I think you know if you look at the first Antrim senior men's game and the senior camogie game and all the hoo-ha went up around that about people yes. willing to travel to the north you know it, it does it, it kind of does separate it and it does make you feel like oh god you know are we still part of that whole like I know the GA is one but it did you know it was the first time I've ever felt like you know it was actually a different kind of was it kind of a, a us against them kind of thing even though you didn't want it to be like that and that's why I said I was trying to say it in a kind of a, a politically correct way because for yeah. for you know and you know the GEA is a, is a 32 county an organisation but that was the one thing and I remember saying it's to Paddy we were just talking about that and we were saying that you know maybe the GEA would have to come out or, or obviously the LGP and Camogie Association come out and just say well listen you know we want to have the same the same opportunities yeah. yes as so now please God that everything seems to be kind of on um, on an evil keel You've got a semi-final now to look forward to against Wicklow. Um, listen, the way the championships are, you know, anyone could win it. I suppose Wicklow would be looking at us and saying, you know, we were intermediate a couple of years ago and, you know, we'd like to get uh, get back there to um, to the intermediate championship. But then you're thinking on any given day, any team can beat anyone. Yeah, I think the one thing, um, you know, we have had the last couple of years, we've got to this stage and I think, you know, it is going to be a big motivation for us. You know, we were semi-final last year, beaten by Lloyd. Um, the following year, it was the same thing. We were semi-final, so it's it is going to be a big a big push for us. We got to the final, and we had an absolute. We were ahead by I think we were up by six at half time, and ended up losing by seven. So you know, there's still a lot of hurt going on from that, and a lot of the same because from that panel are still. Involved. I well, I didn't want to tell you where I'm from because um, <laughs> I was. Best long for, then I'm <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, because I remember um, Longford, it was one of those years where Longford and Antrim were constantly playing each other. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you beat Longford in Kings Court in a Division 4 yeah, semi-final. And even, three, yeah, yeah, and even at the start of the and even at the start of the championship, you played um, at the start of the championship and all. And it was a case, I remember talking to Michal Bohan and saying, I reckon we'll end up playing loud in the final. And that was it. And as you said, or sorry, Antrim in the final. And as you said, your first half of football was just absolutely yeah. stunning. And then I think probably if you'd lost by a point in a tight game, it wouldn't have hurt as much, would it? No, I, I like honestly, that's one of those games that I, I actually haven't ever managed to watch it back because I just couldn't. But it's one of those games that you're like, how did that even come about? So I think there is, there's that sort of, I think there's maybe, there must be about 10 of us still from that yeah. panel involved. So it is, you know, that's still there. And I think if, if ever there was an opportunity to right or wrong, you know, we would all jump on it like so I think you know there's a lot of motivation I think again like loads of teams that we've come up against year in year out so we do we have the experience of knowing and we know how strong they are like their midfield is outstanding so it is going to be a case it's going to be a big it's going to be a big task for us but I don't think it's anything that's completely out of our reach either Well obviously everyone in Longford will be will be supporting Andrew now 2012 you know when you think of it and how Andrew football has come on 2012 was the last time you won the junior yeah, I think, again, you know, we have a very, very strong youth coming through, mm. and it's about getting those girls the experience. You know, there's about four or five girls who have just come up from minor last year that will be starting um, for us now. So I think, you know, all goes well in COVID cases and everything. You know, we've kind of been the last couple of weeks a bit of a hit or miss with us, you know, a couple of girls being out with COVID, and it has, you know, it has affected the training. But I think, you know, if we can manage to keep everybody safe for the next couple of weeks we really do have a good chance you know like Solara Huntley she didn't start today because she was off for a couple of weeks of COVID so it is you know girls like that that we still have to come in you know I just don't think that I think it would be wrong for anybody to write us off There's so much made of our games in the last while with cases and it's unfortunate because just because you play Gaelic football doesn't mean you're going to get it was that something that's, you know, in your mind that, you know, if I do get it and kind of people have this, I don't know, for whatever reason now, it seems to make the headlines that if a Gaelic footballer or a hurler or a camogue or whatever gets COVID, it's in the paper or it's mentioned. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, I'm a teacher, so, you know, I'm around 30 different mm. children every day. And, it's, it's, you know, it could be from that. It could be from anything. Yeah. And as you said, you know, if it could be walking into a shop, but you'd yeah. be just as likely to get it. And I think, you know, the last couple of days, like the way this is run, I have to say, like our contact with, people has been minimum like the um, 25% capacity buses girls driving down on their own like all that sort of travelling to training on your own and the, like wearing your mask until you're out in the pitch you know they, they have taken the necessary precautions I think it's 10 times more precautious than going into a shop is so I just I don't understand where the negative press has come from in that regard because I do think like you know precautions were taken and I think people have been very very sensible about it you know if you're not feeling well you're not a trainer and that's yes. just the way it has to be so it is. It's just I think it's unfair almost. Yeah, because you're not going to get. Yeah, you're not going to get it on the football field. And the last week I've been at a ladies' match, a hurling match, and um, a men's Gaelic football match. And the one thing I did notice was people wearing their masks. And I suppose as well, which you teach, and that's the other question as well. So, you know, you've got a double whammy because there's that thing about should schools be closed? And then obviously you play Gaelic football. So, God help you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know. I think, you know, the one thing with school is as well, we're very much, you know, your class is your bubble and that's the yeah. only place people you're mixing with. And, you know, I've, uh, the oldest in primary school level, like, so it's, they're a wee bit more sensible about it as well. You know, you can have a chat with them about it. And, you know, we need to do this because of this. Whereas the wee ones, you know, it's a wee bit different. But, um, I have to say, you know, the way school is run, I think kids need it. Yeah. They need to be in school. They need to be out of the house away from, PlayStation and God knows what else they're up to so I think you know the routine of it and I think the routine of keeping football and keeping active is you know I, I would struggle if it wasn't if I didn't have that sort of routine in my life like in terms of going to work going to training getting home even being able to go to the gym still I know down south they're closed our gyms are yeah. still open so it's you know again that's another benefit that we have you know you can don't be telling you don't be telling all your secrets because you're going to have <laughs> busloads of people now coming up from well obviously you won't allow Longford up there but from 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 every from every other county but you mentioned that I know. we need that little yeah. bit of normality 
in these strange times and even you know I'm not playing football but I'm being able to I'm so lucky that I'm able to go to matches and then obviously we've got the matches being streamed or on the television so we feel as if even though we're not there we're still there yeah, and I think that's one thing, like, you know, the coverage of the LDFA is mm. getting at the minute, you know, it's super, like, my club is in the centre of Belfast, so we get a lot of girls from other counties, so I have, like, one of our girls plays for Donegal, Kate Keeney, so it's, you know, even being able to watch them play, and then a lot of our girls are down girls as well, so we've been able to watch them play, it's been really good for the game in general, and everyone kind of keeping up on who's doing well, and the coverage has been unbelievable, and, you know, it's it's just that sort of promotion that we needed, and I actually think it'll... it'll stand us in good stead for the future in terms of the coverage and things that people are you know tuning in when there's nothing else to do you know so I think it is it's been great right we'll go through to the intermediate um, it was around two in group one Roscommon had a very good win over Wexford 115 to 29 Longford to seven um, Loud 410 that was in group two in group three, late drum 10 points, Mead 518. And in group four, well, there's four teams, Sligo four points, Kildare 513, and Clare 57, Leash 111. And Roscommon made a winning start to the championship, and I talked to Jenny Higgins. Well, what's it like to last longer than the men in the championship? <laughs> ah, it's good, it's good. Yeah, I suppose we were so focused on our own game, we kind of forgot they were playing them anyways. But yeah, no, it was, it was at least we've, we've lasted a while longer. I suppose you would have had a chance maybe of having a double header, but unfortunately you had to play elsewhere while the footballers were playing um, Mayo. Um, yeah, look, it's it's strange times. It's strange for everybody, but um, yeah, we're just we're just so grateful to be able to play no matter what context it's in. Um, you know, we're so fortunate and so grateful to be able to get onto the pitch. So yeah, unusual times, but I suppose look, we'll we'll take it. A winning start last week. Wexford defeated awfully, so they had the game behind them. But sometimes you're kind of saying, well, is it good to have the game behind you going into a game, or is it better going in fresh? Or you know, uh, you started very well. Yeah, so I suppose we were we had the opportunity to watch the Offaly and Wexford game, and you know we know from from experience of playing Wexford they're a top side, and we knew we knew the kind of contest it was going to be. We knew it was going to be a huge challenge, um, and we, I suppose we knew at the minute we heard the draw really. But um, yeah, I suppose you know we've been going really well in training, and um, you know you kind of think, oh, well, you don't. I suppose you don't really know where you're at until you get to uh, championship. Um, game so um, you know I suppose our preparations was really really good and we were really happy where we were at but until the, the ball was thrown up I suppose we didn't really know what what we were going to do so we were just delighted I suppose to, to get the start that we did and we knew it was in the team um, and to actually get the performance then and, and get the win of course is um, um, yeah it was just just fantastic And you always knew the Wexford were going to come back into it Yeah so as I said you know Wexford are top side they have some top quality players and we always knew that it was going to be a huge battle and it was going to come down to I suppose who wants more um, and even when they came came back at us right the way to the end, you know, I think our team and the girls they showed great heart and commitment and and determination to grind it out. Um, I suppose that's that's testament to them. You know, they've put in a huge shift of work the last eight weeks, and um, I suppose we weren't ready for the the campaign to end just yet. It's different weather conditions to um, playing your championship with the smell of freshly cut grass and deep heat and all that lingering in the air. How did you find the conditions? Yeah, look, we were so lucky with the weather today. Um, um, the sun was shining. There was the the pitch was in top class form as well. Um, so we were very fortunate with the weather today. I suppose some of the training sessions and stuff, you, you are out in the wet and the cold, but um, we were fortunate today. Now it didn't really feel too much different to to a normal championship Sunday. Were you itching to get going? I suppose there was that moment where are we going to have matches? Are we not going to have matches? So from the moment that the GA were given the go ahead to have games, was it there you were itching to go from the start? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we're just, as I said, so grateful to be able to play football. Um, you know, the girls, like, we're, we're all one big family. So, you know, if we were to be separated for that long from each other, you know, it is really hard. It was really hard at the times when we had to. Um, so yeah, uh, the super work being done by the LGFA and, um, you know, everybody involved to make sure that it's, uh, the matches are safe for us, safe to go ahead. And, you know, we're happy once, um, everybody's safe and, you know, everybody's very understanding of that. So once the games were allowed to go ahead, we were absolutely 
absolutely delighted and you know like we're enjoying it so much um, you know it really is an outlet for us especially when everyone else was everything else is in lockdown and you know still able to meet your best friends on a Tuesday you know Thursday or Sunday or whatever is is um, is a little bit of normality in, in strange times Exactly I know even though we can't have supporters at games I've been to a few games and everything is done brilliantly you know with the sanitizer, you know your face masks face coverings you know we feel safe and I suppose yourselves as players as long as you're doing the things right you're able to play yeah absolutely and I think you know every player is just so grateful to be able to take the pitch that you know nobody's taking any risk everybody's doing everything to the letter of the law and you know we have a fantastic uh, COVID supervisor in Marie Kelly as well who's on a management team and our management team in general are just you know they leave no stone unturned when it comes to anything and even especially when it comes to COVID and keeping the players safe so yeah we're, we're happy for it to continue once, once it stays like that you know next weekend at least a point but I suppose you want that win against Offaly and you're through to another All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, um, so I suppose, you know, we were very much just focusing on today first and trying to get a performance and get a win today. So I suppose our tensions were very much um, turned to Offaly now from tomorrow. Um, you know, we've seen them against Wexford, you know, they're a very good side as well and we'd be very uh, very familiar with them. We, we've played them a lot, I suppose, in league football and that. So, um, yeah, we're under no illusions. That'll be a really tough test. But, um, yeah, we'll look down tomorrow now and get the ball on um, to get the show of the road, I suppose, again. I suppose after this weekend, many as a team now will feel, you know, this could be our chance, this could be our year. Yeah, I, like, it's such strange times that, mm. you know, on any day, anything can happen, you know, especially with the weather, the way it's yeah. unpredictable. And, you know, if you get a, a, a wet, windy day, like it kind of um, brings brings teams kind of le- on a level playing field or mm. vice versa. It could be a really sunny day and, you know, could like today and could have real open, high intensity, fast football. So um, I think everybody, you know, everybody's in with a shot. The Intermediate Championship is such a... Uh, competitive championship anyway um, you know that there, there's um, so many top class teams in it that I suppose it's all on the day and very much you have to just take one day at, at a time and um, I suppose we'll do that now roughly next Sunday You were defeated by me the last year have you learned you know they always say that you have to lose a game to win a game and, and you know in a semi-final like that so near and yet so far and me just outclassed you have you learned from that game? Um, yeah, we've actually lost to uh, Meath in the last two semi-finals, so last year and the year before. So, um, yeah, um, we, I suppose, yeah, we have. Look, we, you take so much more from losing a game than you do from winning the mm. game. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we've the same management team for the last four years. So, um, they're fantastic and they, they take things into the following season again that we can improve on. So, um, I won't give away all my secrets uh, <laughs> just yet, but, uh, but yeah, we definitely have learned from it and, um, we've improved in all the, uh, not all the areas, but I, I suppose in a lot of the areas that, we kind of felt that we might have fell down in um, on the in the semi final last year. You mentioned the management team and uh, Michael Finneran is going next year. Was announced a couple of months ago. Feels like ages now that Diana Hora will be taken over next year. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was announced a couple of that was like a couple of weeks before we got back training. Mm. So um, yeah, um, I suppose I know Diane personally from doing a female leadership program with her um, there last year, and um, she's in a fantastic appointment. We're all very much delighted to have her on board. But I suppose we haven't really looked um, anything past this season just yet, and. Um, our sites are very much focused at Michael and, and with the 2020 campaign and you know I suppose Michael and the whole management team have been with us for for four years and you know um, they've they have completely changed the face of ladies football in Roscommon you know they've really brought us on um, from strength to strength every year um, so it'll be a, a very different I suppose to, to see them gone but um, Diane will be a, a great appointment and you know we look forward to, to it when that time comes Yeah because you mentioned about how far you've come on um, under Michael because in the last co- couple of years the transformation has been um, fantastic you know when you think of getting that Connacht title Yeah so I had played for nine years before I won a Connacht championship and it's not that we didn't have the players we very much did have the players we only ever lost the side really mm. by a point or two points in all the games and we just kind of couldn't get over the line and I suppose when Michael came in um you know, um, he's very fresh. He came from a men's background, and he brought in a huge, a uh, great management team with him. And um, yeah, he he got us over the line there for the first contact, and then we had the the back to back contact last year as well. Um, and just everything from the setup to, I suppose, the amount of e- effort and energy that they put in it, put in, and I suppose they expect high standards from us as well, and make us expect it from each other. Um, I suppose, yeah, it's just it's really grown from strength to strength over the last couple of years, and um, long may it continue. 
as the old saying goes, beggars can't be choosers. And it's great to have football back. Was it a little bit disappointing in some ways that you weren't able to kind of go out there and, and do a three in a row? I suppose next year, if you do it, it'll be like a, a three plus a, an asterisk in a row or what, whatever they're going to do. Um, yeah, so, you know, we take great pride in the Connacht Championship. Um, you're playing Leacham and Sligo in the intermediate, so, so it's a huge competitive competition because Leacham and Sligo are, are two of the top teams, um, you know, in intermediate as well. So there's, there's been a huge competition between us and we would have loved to, I suppose, especially being Michael's last year as well, you know, being able, able to try and put our hand up for the three in a row because it's actually never been done, I think, with the intermediate. Um, but, uh, look, as you said, Vegas can't be choosers and we're just happy to play in football and, um, um, you know, um, we might have a kind of championship, but we're we're still in the mix for for our Ireland series, so oh, we'll we'll take that. Well, I was actually going to say that too. You know, there's there's bigger fish to fry, and when you look at it, um, there's so many teams out there. But as you said earlier on, with weather conditions with the time of year you just never know what games how these games are going to go and I just think this year's intermediate will probably be one of the toughest to win so if you're going to win it you're going to earn it yeah like absolutely I do I, I think you know intermediate anyway it's very very yeah. competitive and um, I suppose math favourites would of course be me you know having been in the final last two years but um, on any given day anything can happen and I, I think you can see as well you know during Covid um, ladies footballers I don't know the men as well but in terms of ladies mm. I suppose, um, they've really used this time to kind of get fitter, faster and stronger. Like, you know, like any good athlete, you know, they'll, they'll take challenges head on and they'll usually come out better, um, for it. And, you know, I think that's really, really can be seen in the games like last weekend, this weekend, and even our game today, you know, there's huge intensity in it. And I think that's because, you know, these footballers have spent the time, you know, getting themselves stronger, faster, fitter. And, um, you know, so even teams that maybe mightn't have been putting their hands up, um, a couple of months ago, you know, they might have got themselves, they might have used the time wisely to actually get themselves you know up there with the with the best of them so yeah look on any given day I think anyone can win it and especially as I say with weather conditions and you know it's kind of what team has kind of put in the best preparations over the last couple of months as well during I suppose very strange and uh, peculiar times. And I know there's no relegation in the intermediate or junior or senior but the great thing about this year is they're still going to have the promotion so as well as winning that intermediate you have a chance to make that step up into senior. Yeah, like, um, that seems, uh, I suppose, very far off at the moment now. We're, we're kind of not, not even looking past off yet, but, um, I suppose, like, look, that's what you mm. want to be doing is, is playing senior football. Um, so, um, for whatever team, you know, does get there, um, you know, it's, it's great that they have, um, included that because, you know, there's some top quality sides in the intermediate campaign, as I was saying, and, you know, they, they definitely, um, they definitely put it up to the teams that went up, like, look at Tipperary last, yeah. you know, they went up this year and, you know, they've narrowly lost the last two weekends, you know, but they, they, they're up there with the best of them too so um, yeah it's um, a huge opportunity I suppose but like as I said for us now we're, we won't be looking past Sunday When you look now the last couple of weekends so much football so much hurling sports on television and as well as that now um, streaming is the way to go and if you don't have the games on the television, you have them on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And the LGFA this year, every single game is going to be streamed. It's going to be live for people. It's a fantastic initiative and they're all free as well. Yeah, like that's one of the best things to have come out of it is that all the games are live streamed with beyond TV or whether beyond Facebook, and I think that um, is a huge platform for ladies football. You know, you have probably more people watching the game now than you would have kind of in a general season because whether you know you'd only have the kind of couple of games on on TV as such, but um, it's super now that they're all live streamed, and I, I think even for you know our you'd always have to few my family be big supporters yeah. you know the fact that they can still get to see the games you know they were all glued to TV today to watch it and the fact that they can get to see it and even further feel like I have a brother in Australia and he was able to tune in today um, you know people that wouldn't usually get the opportunity to see I suppose their own teams and it does give them a little taste of home as well when they're they're further afield but um, a long way at last I think it's a huge boost to, to ladies football and it's definitely one to help grow the, the profile of the game Yeah and 2020 we've got stream Zoom, all these words now are going to be buzzwords. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all we've been hearing about now for the last couple of months. I suppose for yourselves as well, would you have had a lot of meetings or, you know, sessions over Zoom? 
Yeah, so during the, the first lockdown, I suppose that's the only uh, form of contact mm. that we had. Um, yeah, we used to, our strength and conditioning coach, Shane Monaghan, um, and of course, Michael and, and the management team, like they used to take us for, for Zoom sessions. Now, you know, it was very strange, I suppose, if you had asked us kind of this time last year to do that, you know, in your sitting room or whatever, yeah. doing your, your yoga or whatever, you'd be kind of looking at them with two heads. But um, I suppose it was just the norm then, and it became very much part of our lives. And it was great to be able to keep in contact um over over Zoom and that. So yeah, we did. We used it quite a lot for for sessions. I suppose it's the only way we could kind of keep in contact with each other and um, you know just even meet, meet up and stuff like that. So yeah, we did use it quite a, quite a lot. Um, not just next weekend. You're just hoping for now a, a couple more weeks in the championship. Yeah, so I'm I'm really enjoying football at the minute. Um, I suppose COVID has given us a real um, kind appreciation, of appreciation. I think, back. yeah, appreciation for being able to to play um, and represent your county, and as well, I suppose to be um, to be able to to play when I suppose like you can't do a whole pile of other things at the moment, but you're you're able to still get out there with your, as I said, best friends and your, your as you see as as family. So um, every week we get out there, you know, it's it's a blessing, and we, you know we're we're really hoping to be able to push on from Offaly next week, and you know to make a, a semi final. Um, it was semi-final as well and you know a couple of weeks and yeah we'll definitely do, do our level best to keep keep the training going because we're, we're all very much enjoying it and there's a great buzz around camp as well and then we'll go to the All-Ireland Senior Championship Round 2 Cork overcame their muster by Kerry won 14 to 14 points in Group 2 Monaghan had that win over Tipperary 17 points to 210 in Group 3 Waterford won 10 Dublin 17 points and in Group 4 Mio 4 set own 4 points so after the Galway game is or after the Monaghan game, they set up a winner takes all clash with Galway, and I got the views of Louise Curley. I suppose with Tipperary having that game behind them, you were fresh going into the game. Would you have preferred to have played the game last week, or were you glad to just come in fresh into that game? Um, well, we probably would have liked to have a game, obviously, to get up to championship level uh, so quickly, and obviously Tipperary had a game behind them. It was certainly tough to go in, but I think we were really pleased how we started anyway considering we actually hadn't had a game before so and I suppose the start was what you wanted yeah absolutely we couldn't couldn't ask for a better start really you know we really kicked kicked off just like we talked about all week so we were really delighted with the start we had Tipperary you know they ran Galway so close and you knew the threat that they had especially with Ashley Maloney oh yeah absolutely you know Ashley is probably one of the best players in the country at the minute so um, you know obviously yeah the girls marked her, I thought, done a really good job, but she certainly was a huge threat every time, you know, the ball was in her hand. So, yeah, look, obviously next week it's going to be a really, really tough game, you know, um, but yeah, we're, look, we're looking forward to it. That's it. Some of the games now this week are deciding semi-finals, whereas your game next week is going to decide who's going to come out of that group. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is probably going to be the biggest game we're going to play all year. So, you know, it's an all-iron final for us next week. So, obviously, you know, we're going to be focusing really hard this week at training to to be as prepared as possible to, uh, to play Galway. Last year it was a tough year but when you look at your relegation battle with Westmead you yourself contributed a good bit in that game did it kickstart your championship being able to stay in that grade? Yeah absolutely you know obviously senior football is where you want to be you know you want to be playing against the best players in the country and obviously us uh, retaining senior senior championship status was really really important so definitely and then obviously we've got a few players back in this year as well which uh, really pushed on the team this year. So, yeah, we're going really well so far. So hopefully we can just continue with that. And I suppose because of the year that we have, it, every game and every point is so important. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's really important um, that obviously you get a performance. Um, you know, there's no backdoor system. So it's really important that we perform on the day and, and go for it, really. Is there pressure on Monaghan now? Because for so many years... Monaghan were the kingpins even when I was growing up it was always you know Monaghan ladies and I remember watching you and then you know you had that barren spell but in the last number of years now at underage you're coming through Yeah absolutely obviously the minors last year got to an All-Ireland semi-final and a lot of them are really pushing for places this year on the senior panel which is great and obviously Dunridge as well um, are getting to Ulster finals and stuff so definitely hopefully you know it is a bit of a rebuilding process but hopefully you know in the next few years uh, we should definitely be pushing uh, to keep pushing anyway to, to get to an All-Iron final again. And you look at your own club, you know, you're one of the, the top clubs when it comes to ladies football. Yeah, it's obviously it's great to be involved with with a club um, 
that's so successful like that and uh, to be able to play you know with some of the top players within my club and obviously to get to play against other tough players as well around the country it's it's fantastic I suppose as well it was disappointing that you couldn't have a club championship this year yeah um, obviously the Ulster Ulster championship has been postponed I think till January so um, yeah it's a bit disappointing hopefully um, things going all well with Covid that we will be able to get back out in January and and be able to retain our Ulster title again, hopefully, please God. The thing about it is, with championships being postponed till January, there's probably going to be very little football in January, even with men. So it'd be nice to see, you know, the club getting, you know, the publicity and the coverage that it deserves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, club has probably been pushed aside this last few months now, so it'll be great um, in January to get out. And obviously the girls will all be raring to go, um, you know, uh, to get back out and to get playing again. How do you see um, the championship? You look at uh, Donegal around Dublin so close last week and then Waterford got that result. Dublin obviously will be favourites, but can you see another county kind of, you know, the way with these games, you know, everything is so vital and every point, as I said, is important. Can you see another you know, few teams or, you know, is it the old reliables that could come out of each group? Uh, it's hard to tell, I think, this year. I think the championship's going to be really hard to call, I think. There's so many teams that are really pushing the top teams to, to the very end um, of each game. So, uh, to be honest, it's so hard to call. And I think that there will be a few upsets, I think, yet in the championship. And you're hoping that one of them will be uh, next week against the, the beaten All-Ireland finalists from last year? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, uh, hopefully um, we'll be able to go out and to perform um, even better than, than last night and get a victory, please God. And the thing about it is, with the games as well being covered, it's fantastic that... Um, the LGFA, TG Car, obviously, on the television, but every game is going to be streamed and every game, game is going to be live. So it, it's a chance for supporters and other people to see what uh, the ladies uh, can do. Yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant to see, obviously, the coverage um, that women's football is getting. And, you know, obviously, every player deserves to be seen on the big stage. And it's great, obviously, since you no know, supporters can be there that they can also support at home. So it's absolutely brilliant. Now, away from football, how does Louise Curley relax there? Is football kind of your life? Because obviously with your club and then Manon. Um, yeah, I'd say I'm a pretty uh, relaxed person, I think. <laughs> Although it's it's mostly football every day of the week. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky that I'm able to get a job where I can do, you know, when you like football, you kind of want to have um, something, something there. And with everything at the moment, and it's kind of such doom and gloom, I think it's good that we actually have games. And as as I said, you know, TG Carter and the LGFA streaming games that we're able to watch football. And um, yourselves, I suppose you're delighted to be actually out playing, are you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, you know, we've trained hard before before lockdown, and then obviously with things how things went, everyone was training really hard individually. So it's just great to get out back out as a group and to be able to be able to play a football. And I suppose bring that entertainment to people at home as well. Um, because obviously it's tough times as it is so it's just brilliant to be able to, to do that yeah. and the great thing about it is you're lasting longer than uh, your male counterparts as well yeah absolutely um, obviously the men were unfortunate but obviously it's great to be still in it and hopefully uh, after next week we'll be still in it again so looking ahead to this weekend and some great fixtures we'll start with the intermediate in group 4 Kildare just need one point against Leash to advance to the semi-finals it's the same for us common when they take on awfully in group one. It's a winner take all clash in group two between Westmeath and Loud, while in group three downplay Leitrim and group four it's Clare against Sligo. So those last two fixtures, it's just basically a matter of pride. But how do you see the other games going, Tom? Yeah, well I actually seen the Roscommon Wexford game there the weekend in group one. And Rex Wexford, who I had fancied coming into the game playing away, playing in Kilbride there in Roscommon. And the scoreline didn't really show the whole way through the game. They were a lot closer, but they missed a heck of a lot of chances. And they actually missed a goal, which was easier scored than, than missed. Mm. And Roscommon will be delighted. Like Roscommon played some very, very good football. Um, they had some lovely, lovely players. Roscommon versus Offaly now is going to be a game that... Awfully will still fancy their chances. It'll all depend on how Awfully train this week as regards structure and professionalism. That Wexford aren't out of it yet, but I would fancy Ross Common to go on now and be professional about their job and qualify from Group One. In Group Two, I fancy Westmead. I fancy Westmead for the championship. Same here. They Loud had a good win over Longford, but it was going to be a good gauge 
Boroughs after the Westmead trashing of Longford in um, group in week one, say the nine nine. Longford put up a pre- or sorry, Loud put up a pretty decent score against them as well. Yeah. So uh, they're going to be no pushover. Loud, um, they will go in as to the to the game as underdogs. But uh, I just think Westmead have a couple of players coming back and have a nice little structure um, of play, and I fancy them to qualify. In Group 3, Mead obviously are qualified already, and they are an outside bet for the uh, championship as well, having been beaten in the last couple of finals. They'll be there, thereabouts. And then in Group 4, Clare, Clare and Leash, an outside chance for all of them to qualify, but you would expect Clare to kick on now, having won two from two and uh, beat Leash. But it's not a foregone conclusion uh, who qualifies from that group. And Clare will fancy themselves to beat Sligo and then have an outside chance of maybe Leash doing them a favour against uh, Clare. When you do look at the intermediate, I think the teams that we did expect to come out of the groups, no disrespect to the other counties, would have been Kildare, Roscommon, Westmeath and um, Meath. I suppose the West Common game probably, or the West Common group probably would have been the one where you're thinking Wexford and then awfully have a habit of, of turning up in the championship. Whereas the other ones, and the way it's going, we could end up with um, a West Meath, Meath, um, all Ireland final, and poor Meath will be hoping it's not third time. It's actually third time looking for them because um, they've already lost um, the two all Ireland finals before this. We move on to the senior, like two games on Saturday. At one o'clock, it's the meeting of Donegal and Waterford in Group 3. Both teams are out of the Championship. Well, at 3.15 in Group 4 in Parnell Park, it's Armagh and Mio, and the winner here will advance to the semi-finals. Then on Sunday, both these games are at one o'clock. In the senior Group 1, Cork took on Cavan, and at least a point here, we'll see Cork go through to the last four. And then in Group 2, it's another winner-takes-all clash when Galway, last year's beaten All-Ireland finalists, take on Monaghan. Yeah, um, obviously the, the two standout games are the Galway-Monaghan Armagh versus Mayo games. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Mayo respond from an absolutely excellent performance mm. uh, against Tyrone. I'm sure going into that game, Peter Lee would have been very weary of Tyrone, especially um, on the, the back of having a game, but they just blitzed them. And Sarah Rowe, 2-9, cracking a performance from her. She will need to have that same type of a performance again on the weekend to to get by a very, very good and improving Armagh side who will not fear Mayo one bit. And then go with Monaghan. Monaghan, in my eyes, had a very, very good win over Tipperary. They started well. They, uh, they were well-structured. As you can hear from Louise, they're confident enough going into the Galway game. But I would have counted Galway a very, very unlucky side not to win in All-Ireland last year, just the kind of weather conditions. And yeah. it was kind of a, a game where it was more defensive and it was kind of a strange game in the end. But uh, I think they will come on from that All-Ireland appearance last year. Uh, and I fancy Galway to just nudge, nudge your head in this one and qualify. And then obviously Cork, uh, foregone conclusion that they are mm. qualified. Uh, obviously, if Cavan put up a cricket score on them to have a chance. But uh, you would be looking at Cork, Galway, Dublin, Mayo, or or RMA in the semi-finals, which is a very very good final four. And any of those teams can win the semi-finals once they get there. Yeah, when you think of it like this weekend, we talk about you know in in the men's game and in the hurling that you know there's some might watering clashes, but this weekend for the ladies there's some excellent games, and it's great that it's going to be either on television or it's going to be streamed for people to watch. We move on to the Camogie and we are now down to the final six in the Camogie in the All-Ireland Senior Series. Two quarterfinals this weekend and um, doubleheader in Parker Cueve. We have Cork, Clare, Tip and Waterford and waiting for them in the semi-finals are Galway and Kilkenny. So it's Munster derbies in both the games. We go through last weekend's results in the senior championship round three in group one, Wexford won 15, Offaly won 13, and Galway had a win over Cork to advance to the semi-finals. It was Galway 15 points, Cork 12 points. And then in group two, Kilkenny 216, Limerick eight points, and Tom, you caught up with Kilkenny's Michelle Tehan. 
Delighted to be joined by Michelle Tehan, Kilkenny wing back, corner back. Another solid performance, uh, two sixteen to eight point victory over Limerick. Yeah, it was um, it was great to to get the game, and I mean Limerick really put it up to us from the get go. We, we we had a slow start, so I mean it really was a test to us, and we knew going in at half time that we had to had to pick it up, and there was so much more in us, so that was our real test. And while Galway are making all the headlines, uh, you're making it. Three wins out of three. You're going about your business nice, nicely. Is it difficult going into that group that you're in, especially against Limerick, knowing that they have no wins and you are going for a qualification for a semi-final spot? Is it difficult to keep the focus? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's ourselves that we really uh, were focusing on. I suppose it's always kind of in the back back of your head whether you want it to be or not. That um, you know that the game we were already true to the to the semi, but you're kind of conscious to not even think about that. But I mean, like everybody on our team is fighting for, for a place and for a jersey in that semi-final. So I suppose focusing on yourself and, and the team is, is a major part to go about how we want to play and to use every match to our own advantage. Like we need to improve every time if we want to be to be making it to, to the All-Ireland getting through the semi. So yeah, we definitely took every game as important as... And Waterford seemed to be your toughest opponent to date in a group, realistically, that you would have been expected to get out of. Is it difficult to be going into a semi-final situation where you might feel yourselves a little bit undercooked, having not had too many competitive games, especially with the league cancelled this year? I mean, yeah, Waterford did put up to us and, and Limerick yesterday too. It was a, it was a very tough game, the, the scoreboard. I know we, we ended up pulling, or Hurling ended up um, pulling us away in the end, but like the physicality of yesterday was was what we needed as well and it's training that we're relying on now um to to keep us going like every training session has to be full on like we're playing matches and training and because there's no um challenge games allowed now in level five it's 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 down to us in training to to put it up against each other and we are like some of the toughest matches we've played all year have been in training as, as well which which is really good to see and you mentioned training there, like you're starting now on a very competitive backline. Um, you must be delighted with that, but also you must be well aware that there is people behind you snapping at your heels to get your position for the semi-finals. Oh my God, yeah, absolutely. I'm over the moon to be on it, but I'm still kept on my toes. Like I have, I'm not taking anything for granted. Um, in like. You can't even afford to slip up in training, let alone in a match, because you know that there's somebody on your toes the whole time that that can come in and take your position just and nearly do it just as well as you can, if not better. So it is in the back of your head, but I suppose just learning to, to kind of back yourself is 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 really important for that too, though. How has the transition been from Anne to Brian? Uh, I know it looks like from your opening couple of games that your your passing has been very very good. I mean, yeah, um, it's it's great to have like fresh voices in. You know, I suppose any team would appreciate fresh voices after three years um, of loss in All Ireland. Um, the boys really they're focusing a lot on matches and gameplay. So I suppose that's that's what we'll be doing in the likes of All Ireland. So it's really helping us and and driving us on. Yeah, it's really the kind of the modern era of coaching where it's game based. Uh, and scenario yeah, based uh, training it. so that must be a little bit refreshing for you to have uh, Brian come in and uh, have that sort of training sessions going on something different from the last couple yeah. of years yeah I mean I don't think I can remember a, t- a training now that we didn't play a match so obviously I'm um, not including the ones just before championship but yeah it's brilliant it's really good to see because you can you have a chance and every player has a chance to show to show themselves off in training so it works out really well and has training been difficult in um, these conditions kind of to get yourself motivated to go and especially to call the weather? And obviously then Camogie is a different game between summer and winter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose it's it's not as hard as I thought it would. I suppose the thought of before, like if you're inside and you're, you know it's cold out, the thought of it going, but once you get going, it's, it's, actually, it's actually great. And to be honest, we're blessed. Like we're all blessed to have it. As, as an outing like it's it's kind of a social scene too like you'd nearly be excited to get out of the house and to go training which really uh helps like a lot of people don't have anything that they can go to so we're absolutely not taking anything for granted in that sense we're we're making the most of it 
Yeah, I think a lot of the club players are actually envious of you uh, having some yeah. some sort of a competition or championship to kind of shorten that winter months. Um, yeah, even seeing the the intermediates there, like we really don't take anything for granted because you know, like a lot of players just can't. They want to be out there and they can't. So you're nearly playing on behalf of all them. Yeah, and how has that kind of affected the whole mood within Kilkenny? Like the intermediate championship, especially semi final finals are always one of the, the one of the marquee games up in Crow Park. And remember last year Westmead coming back to beat Galway in the intermediate final. No, I mean it's it is devastating for the girls. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. But um in fairness to them see we have fourteen girls that I think it was fourteen. We have a good few anyway that were in, in between. So going from intermediate and senior and training kind of um with both. So obviously that affected them and and ourselves greatly but in fairness now the training has been kept going i think they're using they're delighted to to still have seniors so it is it is devastating for for all those girls involved but we haven't really we haven't really let us affect uh, let it affect us because we know that it doesn't change anything for us and we still have to drive on for for ourselves yeah, it's kind of the year that if you get bogged down too much on what's going wrong, and oh, absolutely. it seems like yeah, there's already enough going on, you can't exactly. be. What sort of preparation do you do yourselves? You know, you know, starting every year that it's going to be a competitive team to get into. But what type of preparation do you do individually that kind of gives you the edge over the likes of Colette Dormer and all of your other fellow backs? Well, I suppose you just have to keep tipping away yourself, trying not to. I suppose myself anyway over the last four years being like I'm on the team the panel four years but haven't really made my way into the team until this year so it's a lot in your head so just kind of keep it in touch with yourself and not getting overly uh, bogged down with it and overthinking things was definitely um, an issue for me but just relaxing and trusting myself and knowing that I can play Preparation pre-season, I suppose, just and over lockdown, we were given um we were given training programs, and it's just tipping away yourself, just to even give yourself confidence, knowing that you are fit enough when you go back in, being confident enough in yourself, and then you're always gonna go, go play um the best you can once once you have that in your head. Yeah, I remember actually interviewing Chad Fitz a couple of years mm-hmm. back, and he was saying he used to dread going. Uh, training for Kilkenny because you'd be marking the likes of JJ Delaney, Tommy Walsh, all the, all those type of guys. You say, is that do you feel that that's the way it's getting now with the Kilkenny Camogie team that it's as competitive in training, even more so maybe than in the games that you're playing, especially in the earlier games? Oh, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely um, extreme. Like I said, you can't really afford to um, slip up even in training, and that's that's kind of in the back of your mind. And it's definitely something that, that a lot of the girls and myself would struggle with, just getting out of that mindset that if, if you do something wrong, that, you know, you nearly panic because there's such there's such talent there and such um, competition. Like, I think the best forwards I've marked are, are in training, you know, so. For, and for many teams, a semi-final uh, appearance would be a massive achievement. But for you guys, it's really only the start of the season for you now after being in the last couple of uh, All-Ireland finals. And obviously you want to go and uh, avenge the loss of last year in the last couple of years. But uh, how are you p- going to prepare now? You have a little bit of a gap towards the semi-final on the 28th. How are you going to prepare yourselves now over the next Couple of, a couple of weeks yeah I suppose we do just see it as a, as a job that, that has to be done but we are obviously um, delighted to be in it too I'm sure the boys will have um, very tough training sessions lined up for us to make sure that we are at our fittest and at our at our peak really because it's where we need to be it's knockout championship we can't afford to be slipping up or having a slow start like we did um, yesterday um, so I suppose I know the boys will definitely have tough trainings and putting it up to putting it up to each other in our training matches is really well. You know, we have to control what we can and that's the main thing we as players can control. So it's what we'll aim to do is just put it up to, to the our markers and, and anyone we're playing in the training sessions for our own sake, but but for the team's sake too. You're in college and we spoke about it a little bit before the interview is kind of the social scene of going out with your Kilkenny teammates afterwards and then not being able to go maybe and socialise with your 
uh, college friends. Uh, you're home-based, I assume, at the moment. And uh, how are you adapting to going to a game and then maybe seeing yourselves not being allowed to go anywhere afterwards? Yeah, I mean, it is um, it is different. I suppose it's something that you do get over. It's not the end of the world, but it, it definitely makes an impact on, um, you know, the, the bond, bonding with the team. It's nice to get out and, um, like, off the pitch and to actually get to know uh, one, one another much better especially with new girls coming onto the panel I think it kind of just eases them in but I, to be honest I think we're not doing too bad now like we all realise that that's not going to that's not going to be a thing this year so we are like I wouldn't say that we're not as bonded as we have been years that we had got a chance to do that you know so I suppose just not focusing on it too much and with the with college I don't think I ever really got too much of a chance to be going out anyway with the training but um it was nice to, to let go and release, I suppose, but everybody, every individual just has to find a different way of doing that now, just with the times it is. And we cannot not mention Katie Power. She's a massive loss to you this season. How has the team kind of reacted to that loss? My heart goes out to her and she knows that we're all we're all behind her, like and there's there's nothing she could have done or any of us could do so we're all just there for her and, and know that we see what she's going through, but she's absolutely like she's super about it like she comes to our training to our matches and she always has a smile on her face like she's she lifts the team even when she's not on the pitch so it's it's really good to see and we all just check it in with each other to make sure we're all good and brian did he uh, introduce her or recreate a role for her within the group then to to keep her involved and keep her motivated because she's a serious addition no matter what sort of uh levels she's participating within the group um She's well able to to do that herself. I mean, she would never like step away. She's she's so invested, like, and she has been for years. So she she's not going to be one to to step back. She's always going to motivate um the girls like to do what because it's what she wants, whether she's on the pitch or not. She wants to see to see us all go on and do what we haven't been able to do for the last three years. Do you know? And just on the quarterfinal, uh. Clare versus Cork, Tipperary versus Waterford. I'm not too sure if it's an open draw for the semi-finals or if you already know who you're playing. Do you know that yet or has it been decided? I think it's an open draw as far as I know anyway. And who would you like to see again? Um, obviously, whoever you defeat, you're going to be playing Galway in the final. Um, but who would you like yeah. to, to see in the semi-final? Well, I know whoever we see, we, we can't control who we're going to see. So I know whoever it's it's going to be, whether it's Cork, Tip, Clare um, or Watford, that it is going to be a massive battle. And for us to perform to our to our best level is going to be is going to be the challenge for ourselves. So I don't really have a preference. Whoever whoever we get, I know we're going to take it um, head on and just try to get ourselves into an All-Ireland final. And then Westmeath, 10 points, Waterford, 217. Waterford advanced to those quarterfinals. And uh, you spoke to Beth Carton. So I'm delighted to be joined by Beth Carton, uh, Waterford sensation, um, coming off the back of a 217 to 10-point victory over Westmead. Uh, Westmead gave you a little bit to think about, and it was more competitive an encounter than many people would have thought. Yeah, look, and we certainly knew ourselves going up there, um, we knew what, what side Westmead were and how good they were. So we knew it certainly wasn't going to be easy and, and going up to Westmead as well. Um, they were certainly going to throw everything at, at us and they did. Um, and it was back to four points there at one stage. And, and in a way, the, the water break probably came at the right time for ourselves just to regroup and we were able to get the goal after and settle it back down a bit. But no, certainly, look, we, we knew ourselves, people on the outside might be saying that, but we knew ourselves going up, we had a serious battle ahead of us and we're just thrilled to get over the line now with it. Yeah, and a, a long distance up, travelling away game, there was an element of yeah. uh, unknown. Westmead had a chance to qualify as well, so it wasn't just a walkover game or a game that you could uh, take your eye off the ball. You had to try focus, uh, as Westmead were, on a competitive match. Yeah, no, definitely. We knew we knew the the seriousness of the match. If we won, we were in a quarterfinal. If Westmead won, they they were in a quarterfinal. So it was a, it was the biggest game we had played so far this year, and. 
and we were, we were all focused on it and and we have to be we wouldn't be we wouldn't be still training this week if we didn't so we certainly knew that the task that was at hand and um sport sport certainly uh people know if you take your eye off off the ball at all um it can go either way so we're just thrilled now we got over the line and and we got well as you said yourself there we certainly have have things to work on um this week and it's a quick turnaround but just absolutely thrilled to get the win and 114 for yourself uh remarkable mm-hmm. shooting the consistency that you're bringing to the camogie matches bed is very very good but it's the consistency and that level of effort you're going to need next week again temporary then again yeah exactly and we're, and it's a quarter final stage now so it's even it's even more um more consider more consistency more effort and and it's 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 up another level um each time we go out and each week we go out so it's just we have a as i said already we have a quick turnaround there so it's just focusing in now on on tip and, and more so on ourselves as well and just seeing where we need to improve it on from last weekend and bringing that that manic effort and work rate as well and do you feel any extra pressure because you are the marquee player for waterford are you uh, in any way aware going into the game next week that tipperary may have a plan to try stop beck carton if you stop beck carton you might be able to stop uh, waterford no, not at all. With the with the caliber of players we have in there, um, any any forward, any of the half back line, um, as we see, midfield can score and can can take the game. Um, Neve Rocco was exceptional the week before for us, and and Abby Flynn, Annie Fitzgerald, Sarah Lacey, all these girls, um, can certainly take it on and do it themselves as well. Um, the freeze. Myself might help, uh, might make my tally look a bit better as well if there was, uh, if there was anyone else hitting them, um, we won't be talking probably today. So it's just I'm, uh, it's just a pure group effort, and and I think that's why we love it. We're all working for each other, and certainly any anyone on that team can can turn a game at and and do the best they can. And with the added coverage, it's great to see the likes of Brianna and goals, uh, getting some kudos for her savage save the last game. Um, it's really up lifting to see the likes of the sideline cuts say from Rebecca Henley that people are actually getting to see and putting the name putting the face to the names of Beth Carton and Rebecca Henley and Brianna O'Regan as well that they can actually maybe follow them now for the rest of the championship. Yeah that's it exactly and you'd you'd wonder only for all the games that are being streamed when those spectators would Rebecca Henley's sidelines be be even recorded or would be we be even able to see him. So it's fantastic to see and and as you said yourself there with Brianna, the save, she's been pulling off saves like that the last, as long as I know her, she, she's my club um, uh, and one of my one of my great friends and she's been pulling off saves like that as long as I know her. So it's great that people can actually see it and, and see the talent that is out there and what Camogie can bring to the game. And it's not just Irish people seeing this, there's people, expats all around the world that are able to tap into the, the free live streaming and the quality of it is very good and the commentary is very good and the co-commentary is very good and having the replays and the, it's, it's in, in, in every sense of the way, it's a professional job run by the streaming companies, which is a difficult task to do. Yeah, exactly, and and with games on, it's same. A lot of them are on the same day and the same time. It's it's a lot of manpower in that, and it's great to um. It's certainly great to see and the work that's going into it, and I do think it will will pay off. You see, even girls around Waterford City um holding hurleys, walking down the road, and you wouldn't have seen that a few years ago. And I think this this streaming and then being able to see the likes of that sideline cut. So it's certainly I say young kids out during the week practice and stuff like that. And um it's just great to see and and hopefully it'll give um people women role models and I think that's certainly what we need. Yeah and do you do you hope that in the next couple of years we kind of move away from the kind of um ladies and women's in sport or kind of not more not any more left behind. They're actually put to the forefront of the TV and you actually see that what for many people know and from what sports talk know is that ladies football and camogie are actually brilliant brilliant games and in many senses of the world ladies football is a better game than a men's game at the moment yeah that's it exactly and it's just um as you said yourself there it's it's getting bad i suppose um equal share and all of it and that there's not that perception there that that a woman suppose has to do something sensational like the sidelines to get the recognition hopefully it will go in that pattern i definitely think the stream and 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 that aspect of it will certainly help um 
and certainly the more people that watch the movie, the better. And Dan is in for his first year um, as new manager. Uh, how have you found him? Has been, he been fun? Has he brought something different to maybe what you had the last couple of seasons? Yeah, definitely. Sure, even looking at what Dan has done himself for Waterford, he's, he's a legend down here. And certainly it's brought um, a different dynamic um, with the new management coming in and we're really enjoying it. Obviously, it was a strange year with the way the way everything has panned out and we, we didn't get the summer months like we would have before, but we're really enjoying it now and, and enjoying um And if you can learn from someone like Dan who has been there and has done it, um, it's more the better. Then. And what way are the training sessions going? Are you, I, I know there's a shift towards game, game-based uh, training sessions now. Yeah. Has Dan brought in that kind of uh, coaching format? Yeah, certainly. And it's um, certainly quick, fast hurling. And, and that's the way I think Camogie has gone as well, is speed up the strike and, and to hand stuff and all that, that aspect. So it certainly is just getting your hurling sharper. Um, and as you said, you have the game-based stuff and the tackling and that aspect that aspect of it and he certainly brought in a new dynamic that way and after being in with the hurlers and that that aspect um it, it is very interesting to see yeah and it's great for the camogie game that you see the likes of dan shanahan coming in as manager it adds to the kind of profile mm-hmm. of it see brian dowland there uh next all-ireland winner with kilkenny uh it adds every every year it seems that camogie while it might be seen as to say behind ladies football it is grown under it's doing their work yeah. and you are growing. Yeah, certainly. It certainly is growing. And as I said already, I definitely see it in Waterford um, and from the city myself. You can see the clubs around and the girls around. And it certainly is growing and, and aspects like that. Um, I suppose ex-hurlers coming in and, and the certainly we had ourselves and um, John Milan was involved with our club team this year, our senior movie team. And just aspects like that um, certainly do bring it on and you can see the interest that those lads have in it um, and that's certainly only going to be better, only going to improve the game and make it better. And just speaking of Waterford, how does a Waterford lady like yourself living in the heart and Hillview of Waterford avoid or dodge going to WIT, uh, a team, a Ashburn <laughs> Cup team that has such a good record in the Ashburn Cup? How do you avoid that? How did you dodge going there or was that somewhat some... some absolute terrible mistake on the behalf of WIT <laughs> look I um, no look I was I'm a T and geography teacher myself so I did want to go down the route of the teaching so um, I looked at you well um, in that sense and yeah no look the and that's another great aspect too Waterford is the, the Ashburn Camogie out there and um, myself I even had some great battles with WIT when I was when I was in UL the last four years. So, um, yeah, no, look, it was the teaching that probably brought me to UL and, and thank God we had some great years with the Ashburn up there as well. And they ran a really good show with the Ashburn Cup this year, uh, being in uh, WIT. Uh, yeah. Game that you, and then a championship that you uh, finally remember going for five in a row, receiving five in a row and becoming player of the match. Yeah, yeah, certainly I have. Um, they ran a, it was brilliant out there and to have it, I suppose, uh, at home for me as well for my final year was was um was one that I'll never forget. And um, we had some great years um in UL with the with the Ashburn and they're de- certainly memories that, that I'll have forever. It's I suppose it's playing with girls you're actually gonna be playing against against at the weekend and stuff like that. And it's just um as we were chatting before and just saying you get to get to meet people from all over the country and, and chat hurling and chat GA and, and there's nothing better sometimes. And is there any other sportswoman outside of maybe the GEA uh, that you kind of follow or you look up to for some performance tips or inspiration? Um, I'd certainly be a big fan of Katie Taylor myself. Um, I just remember growing up and seeing her when, when she won the Olympics and, and stuff like that and it's still was edging the memory of uh, memories of people in Ireland so certainly just um seeing the way she trains on and her documentary and stuff like that I would be would be very interested in 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 Kate Taylor as well listen that's all for this weekend keep an eye on our social media pages for news reviews and previews thanks for joining me this evening Tom so until next week stay safe and slung so